Hello again, everyone, moms and dads, boys and girls. We are on the eve of St. Nicholas. Exciting. December 5th, 2020. Yes, I better start the clock, huh? Mark's giving me uh, floor directions here. <laughs> Let's begin in the name <laughs> of the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Remember, O oh, most gracious Virgin Mary, that, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father and Son, Son Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit, Amen. 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 Ten out of ten scientists say stop clocks work better when you turn them turn on. on. Yeah, yeah. If pe- maybe people aren't familiar with this voice that we have with us today because uh, Mark's been absent for a while. Yeah. <clears throat> Welcome back. Thank you. Just uh, working through some issues. So, you know, hopefully things will get better soon. Well, we're going to pray for you. Yeah, we've you. been praying for you. I know, I know a lot yeah. of listeners yeah. have been praying for know, you. Yeah. Where's the hagger at? Yeah. Uh, thank you. I said this is 68. Can you believe it? Episode 68. 69. You said 69. Did I say? Didn't that said, go fast? Didn't yeah, 68 All of a sudden, fast? we're at 69 <laughs> All of a sudden. For one more. Yeah. <laughs> and we are on the eve of St. Nicholas, but this will air at the end of the week, and then again, uh, by the time you hear it, it'll be the third Sunday in mm-hmm. Advent. I don't that? know about you. It is screaming by. It is screaming by. Now, let's talk a little bit about St. Nicholas. Did you guys do St. Nicholas when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. Oh, we did miss. Although oh, it was rather uh, interesting because I think we got oranges and almonds. Oh. Yeah. Well, think, oranges are supposed to be the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I, for Nicholas? Yeah. I mean, Fa- Father Wogenbush even mentioned that at Mass today. They said, go buy your oranges because tonight's the night, you know, and stuff. And I'm thinking, boy, if that's all I got was oranges, I'd be disappointed. <laughs> but No, we know. got, we got. Uh, oh, we got chocolates, you know. I, mean, I don't I was, know if we got any chocolate. We got almonds. We got, uh, we got oranges. I don't know what else we would have gotten. But uh, yeah. it was always and, big. <laughs> yeah. We never did St. Nicholas, so I never got nothing. I can't oh. believe Mother yeah, Jan didn't what, do that for you. Are you listening, Mom? Yeah, you're listening, Because Mom, she really portrays it. herself as the ideal mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grandmother. Yeah. I mean, she's the grandmother to everyone. Oh, okay, Jan, step it up. <laughs> so now we have a fatal flaw <laughs> in the veneer of, yeah. of Jan, Jan McDonough here. Oh, my. Well, you well know, there's she's a really, good way to burst our bubble. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She's really good at peanut brittle. Maybe she'll put peanut brittle in my... Shoes, socks. Boy, I tell you, there's a mess right there. I mean, it's bad enough with almond shells in your (laughs) shoes, let alone. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Peanut brittle. Peanut brittle in your socks. Okay, let's go. I'll I'll never, funny story, I'll never forget the one night um, when we were, I was probably six or seven, and oh, St. Nick is here, St. Nick is here. And it was like one of those things that you ran out to the back porch and, you know, you put your shoes out, which we did, you know. And I'll never forget, my brother ran around the other side of the house. And as I bent down to pick up my shoes, he said, get out of here. <laughs> and I'm going like, and I dropped my shoes and ran. And I'll never forget that because it was like, you know what he wanted? 
he wanted what was in my shoes. And I'm so going he like, scared the daylights oh, out of you. Oh, he scared the daylights out of me. And I, I, you know, I'm just going like, oh, thank you. Big, big brother. Big brother yeah. Tom. Yeah, thank you, Tom. I never forget it. You know, it's just like, you know, oh, boy. Anything that he could get out of us at Christmas or things, you know, whatever. It was like, yeah, okay. Scare the daylights out of this kid. Don't let him go down before I do for for Christmas morning. Yeah. Because he would check all the presents and see, you know, what did Mark get and what did I get. Mm-hmm. Well, like, thanks, well, you can Tom. always switch those tags. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He did, too, you know. Yeah. Awesome. You know, now that I think back about it, I can't, for the life of me right now, imagine why we had such anticipation for almonds and oranges right now. <laughs> There must have been something I'm forgetting, something much larger than that. There had to be a toy in there someplace. No, I don't think we'd know, because I think Mother had, had, uh, no, St. Nick only brings fruit and nuts, and Santa brings, brings. That was a rough fourth grade for me here. (laughs) (laughs) Found out it wasn't my uh, train set, it was Dad's. And, yeah, it uh, wasn't my football. It was Tom's. Yeah, sorry. Found out Santa's real address. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing well, therapy couldn't well, overcome. But, I'm telling yeah, you right now. But yeah, exactly. But great memories. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know. Glad we brought up Saint Nick. Then we can I share mean, all these yeah. memories here. Yeah. So you're here at the Chatter Support Group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Reminiscing over broken broken childhood, beginning with St. Nicholas. Why don't you cheer us up with some saint of the day? What do we have? Well, um, the saint for today on Monday the 5th and traditional is um, St. Sabbath. No, nothing about St. Sabbath. Never even heard the name. Where are you pulling these out of? This calendar of yours. Saint's calendar and 16-month planner. Sabbath is spelled? S-A-B-B-A-S. Okay. Sabas, Sabas. I'll go Sabas, with that. Yeah, yeah. Fi- died in five thirty-two. No, nothing about this one. Mm-mm. And Saint Gerard, Ger- Saint Gerald. Don't know when I even. Okay, if any, if any listeners know about anything about Saint Sabas or Saint Ger- Gerald, you, you took call. the big Saint book home with you last week. I did, but it was the we... Saint of the Day book. Yeah. It was not the big list of all the saints. Hmm. But all right. You know, so speaking of saints, I don't know if you get the um, Avila Institute emails, but they're really good. Dan and Stephanie Burke. Very good. They're really good. And so Father Rossi sometimes will write um, an article for them, and he's an exorcist. And about a week ago, he wrote an article how part of the exorcism is the litany of saints. And he always kind of, you know, quickly went through it to get onto the good prayers, right? But this particular time when they were praying the litany of the saints, he had some relics of the saints with him. And when he would name that saint and put a relic on the possessed person, the demons would cry out, not that name, not that name. Oh, my. So whatever saint he mentioned, they would scream, not that name. So the demons were tortured by the litany of the saints. And so he decided that he would, you know, make more use of that in in exorcisms. Well, today's um, email from the Evola Institute talks about Father Rossi was writing how about the communion of saints and the importance of it and the relics that he had out in adoration. Well, there was a woman who was sitting in the front pew for a long time, 
and all and then the she gets up and she moves towards the relics and the security camera goes out mm. for about five minutes and when it comes back on all the relics are gone the woman's gone all the relics are gone the reliquaries are there so it wasn't a robbery like they were looking for the gold but he said so he's more and more convinced of the power of the saint so he thinks it was a maybe a witch uh, maybe someone who was involved with witchcraft and the demons you know snapped that technology and she got away with relics of the saints so wow. we're just coming off november and the month where we remember the poor souls in purgatory and those who have gone before us and i think there's way more power in the saints than we give them credit for well i would agree with that and i would also just to hit the rewind button when you're talking about witches and activity I, and I've shared these with you, the telephone calls, the emails to the station mm -hmm. of the number of people asking for prayer who are being attacked spiritually. It seems that some of the very devoted people, the very holy people that you would say, that's, that's a friend of ours, mm -hmm. that is, uh, that's an acquaintance of ours, mm -hmm. that is close to holiness. Are being attacked. Mm -hmm. Not to mention Mr. Hager. Mm -hmm. right. Go right. go run in the Adoration Chapel for a while and and get twenty days of pain. Mm -hmm. Well, it, not, <clears throat> not to belittle that, to, so the listeners understand. And, when I and, talked to, I was talking to Mary Burbach earlier today, and uh, I told her it was interesting because I said, uh, first of all, there's two things I've been doing a lot of. And that's pray, praying to my archangel, mm -hmm. right, to mm -hmm. help me. And also the prayer of surrender. And I said, two days after I started that novena, that's when I got attacked. Mm -hmm. And, and, it was, and we, we are leaning toward thinking of it as an attack because you've been to the doctors. And they say, we can't find anything. Right. Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. Well, Mark, we pray for you. You've been in our prayers, and we've mm -hmm. mentioned it on the shows, but off the air. Mm -hmm. And we know a lot of uh, listeners are doing that. So please keep Mark and mm -hmm. all holy men and women in your prayers. And, and the unholy men and women. Yeah. But we know, I mean, Scripture says, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. You know, people think, oh, if I become a Christian or... You know, do that stuff. Life's going to be good. It's going to be easy. It's going <laughs> to. Was that Saint Catherine who did that? Was she the one of Siena who was on the ox cart and hit the pothole? Yeah. Teresa, Teresa of Avila, Saint yeah. Teresa of Avila, yeah. yeah. whose yeah. ox cart hit the <laughs> pothole and yeah. she went flying yeah. into yeah. the mud puddle. Yeah. 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 And her response was, "Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you have so few." Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Soldier on, Mark. Yep. Who's got a headline? And that's actually all you can do. You know, just mm -hmm. keep praying. Just mm -hmm. pray yourself through it and, you know, ask your friend. Don't be afraid to ask for prayers. I, I'm never afraid to ask for prayers. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You got a headline, Mark? Well, yeah. <clears throat> First of all, I, on this. Uh, a happy headline, Mark? Actually, the, uh, no, not really. Uh, the, respect, <laughs> the Respect for Marriage Act that was passed uh, in the Senate uh, last week mm. um, was voted on by 
not only all the Democrats, but by 12 Republican senators, including Joni Ernst. And I have no, you know, it's, I mean, Chris Ehlers reached out and said everybody called her, which we did, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and everything else. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why she would have voted for this thing, which goes against all Catholic teachings. She must have gotten something for her vote. Well, she must have. Either but, a committee appointment or she got something for her vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was bought and sold. Yeah. Which and is too bad because it's conservatives that put her there. Conservatives right. that believe in traditional marriage that put her there. Yeah. But she has sold out to the swamp and she got something for her vote. I hope it was worth it because yeah, when be- she stands before the Lord and says that she voted against his plan for marriage... That's not going to be good. Yeah, because the entire left is coming out. You read the articles online, and it's everything that is against God's will for man and woman to become married. Well, we've is talked about their trajectory further. Yeah. At at one point in time, it was just acceptance, just leave us alone. We, we just want to be accepted as people. And that is the beginning of the big lie. Right. Now they want legislation, they, they want equal rights. And, and by the way, you can't, you can't make two things which are inherently unequal equal by legislation. What you have to do is you must make that which is inferior e- equal to something that is superior by denigrating the superior so you you because you can't build something up that is blatantly false right homosexual marriage homosexual unions are are inherently disordered and they are unequal with and i think here's the other thing we need to start doing is calling marriage what it is holy matrimony it's holy matrimony. It's a sacrament. Well, to a degree, we've brought this onto ourselves as a society by denigrating holy matrimony. And was it Reagan in the early 80s with the no-fault divorce right. legislation? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So 40 years later, here we are reaping the fruits of a throwaway culture. Well, what was the one 20 years ago? It was the uh, um, the, uh, the Marriage Act. The uh, What was the first initiation of that? Uh, no fault. No, it wasn't no fault. It was um, between the, the desecration of the marriage between a, a man and a woman. It's like, so that happened like, what, 20 years ago or 15 years ago, whatever it was. The DOM, the... Um, I'm not tracking. I'm not, no, I'm it not was remembering. The, uh, it was when they did away with the marriages between a man and a woman. Well, the Obergefell decision. There you go. That, did that, yeah. that was the one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. But you're kind of going back, Tom, more to what started this ball rolling and how at first it was acceptance and it was no fault divorce and. Um, and now we get the trajectory of yeah, where we are today. Here it is. And, and so you, you can't raise something that is inferior up to the status of, of the standard. 
So you must denigrate the standard. You must tear down that which is marriage between a man and a woman. You, you have to say uh, there are no-fault divorces available. We talked about this in an episode some months ago about the, uh, the, the legal clause, which used to be popular, but no longer the uh, alienation of affection, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where there, there was legal standards for uh, marriage when you broke right. up a marriage, mm-hmm. the alienation of, of affection. So this is what's happening. I think it needs to, the subject of marriage needs to be in the proper context. It is ordained by God. It is holy matrimony, which, if you understand what holy matrimony means, it means that you're making a mother of that bride. Matrimony comes from the root word mater, which is mother. Marriage is all about children. Mm-hmm. If you go back even before the no-fault divorce in the 1980s, go back 20 or more years to the introduction of contraception, which was the beginning of the erosion of the purpose of marriage was to procreate, not reproduce. It's not reproductive rights. It's procreating. It means cooperating, husband and wife, man and woman, cooperating with God the Father, who is the creator of all things. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, you know, contraception came on the scene in about 1960. Vatican II happened, and during Vatican II, there was an effort to say the two ends of marriage, which up until then, the first end of marriage, the first purpose of marriage was begetting children. Right. And the second purpose of marriage was the, um, uh, you know, the, the unity, mutual the immunity. Um, support of the spouses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after Vatican II, then they, those Two things are put on more of an equal plane, and sometimes you'd find writings that would say, well, the comfort and support of spouses is primary. Well, now, fast forward, here's the trajectory, and we've got 30 seconds left on this, Colleen. The trajectory is is no longer on an equal footing, where children, begetting children, and the mutual uh, affection and love for no. the spouses are now in... Anybody gets married to anybody, it's all about me and whether or not I feel good because I'm in love with you. Yeah, it's all about pleasure because the children has been removed out of the equation. We're at the end of segment one. This is the chatter on the eve of St. Nicholas Day. We'll be right back with segment two after these announcements. We're back. You're listening to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD, and you can hear us anywhere on the mobile app, keyword KCRD. And uh, for those of you who are still streaming on your desktop or your your tablet, you got a tablet here, you're doing those, Colleen? Mm-hmm. KCRD-FM.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Mark, you had that headline. Anything to uh, add on on that, Mary? We really need to pray for marriage. That's where we left mm-hmm. off in yeah, the segment. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Really need to pray for marriage. Need to protect it, and I think we need to humbly understand that 
This is a gift from God. Everybody who's married needs to take a look at their husband, their wife, and with new eyes of appreciation, this is a gift. That's right. If you're married in the church, you've got grace through the sacraments to get through those inevitable rough days. Yeah, yeah. One of the things, though, I do want to comment on about this Respect Marriage Act that the Senate has passed is, you know, they, they put two groups of people in this act, and they say, well, now it's going to protect same-sex couples and interracial couples. What? Yeah, both both groups are mentioned. Guess now, who's coming to dinner? Right? Remember that movie? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you show me a single Christian oh, baker it. or a single Christian photographer or a single Christian florist who's refused to do an interracial marriage. You can't find them, right? Interracial Doesn't marriage exist. got the boot in 1967. So I'm wondering why they put that in the bill other than to paint Christians with a broad brush of being they racist. want of being racist yeah. and being yeah. Well, if you want to well I'll expand on that because I just read this today on the Supreme Court case again that is going ahead of uh, in Colorado that is uh, being presented and the and the findings will come out the uh, decision will come out the, probably the end of June but they talk about a web designer that said I will not mm-hmm. you know yeah that triggered it yeah that I no this is a brand new case the web designer said I will not support gay marriage on my website I will not support this stuff whatsoever and the comments that you just made were magnified by Kagan and and the left and saying, well, if you won't do this, where's the line drawn? Where do we draw the line in the sand that you will say, well, I don't want to do it for this gay couple. I don't want to do it for the black couple. I don't want to do, you know, where's the line? The, the, The whole case is based on this Christian company is saying, I will not promote gay marriage. End of subject. Mm-hmm. And and but the lines that they're drawing, he, you, the questions and answers, are unbelievable. What what is drawn from that court case, mm-hmm. and it will be very interesting to see how this all comes out because you can just see the left is just just dragging us down this road of you you cannot be racist, you cannot do this, you cannot. Well, do what that. I think it's no, it's an no. ongoing effort to equate. homosexuality as a racial issue. Exactly. That they're born that way. I'm born this way. (laughs) God made me this way, which is certainly not the case. There there are genes for all kinds of skin colors and and DNA. Where, Where is the DNA and the gene for homosexuality. Yeah, if you well, notice, they, which have is kind a choice. Of, they have kind of left that argument in the past because that used to be one of the big arguments is they're born that way, they can't help it. But they've kind of let that argument fall by the wayside because the science proves the opposite. They've done twin studies and one twin yeah, will right. have a, a same-sex yeah. attraction and the other twin won't. So the studies are proving the opposite so they've gone with a soundbite, born that way. Right. But they don't follow an argument with it because they know the science isn't there. 
which leads me to the other article that I came across well, just, today. Just, just before you interject here, there's, there's another deeper, darker side to the genetics or lack of genetics conversation regarding that. And it goes like this. If there is a genetic marker or DNA for homosexuality, and it can be administered in utero. Oh, administered or just discovered? Well, that's that's the idea. If you administer the test, oh, oh, I see what you're which saying. leads to discovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that allow contemplation on? Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. If you've got, if you know that the child you're carrying is going to be attracted to same sex, um, you know, the, the implication is, are you going to abort? Yes. Which is a horrible, horrible contemplation. Horrible. It is horrible. And so that conversation gets rightfully squelched. Mm-hmm. But I'm just throwing it out there because the trajectory continues on a very, very ugly course. Well, and, and where is the religious liberty in here? Because isn't religious liberty, freedom of religion, isn't that in the Bill of Rights? And marriage isn't anywhere in the Bill of Rights. So I, I'm not I think, sure how this is a, a fight. I think, I think we're overlooking the elephant in the living room. Which is? Which is this kind of legislation has as part of its design divisiveness look what's happening to families especially during this holiday season which got kicked off at the end of summer with labor day and halloween and now thanksgiving where we're zooming into christmas and new years and these topics are extremely divisive as you pointed out this legislation even had interracial marriage clauses in here yeah there's no need for that right? legislation. who even thinks about that anymore there's right. no need for this for this but what it will do is throw gasoline on that dumpster fire mm-hmm. that's going on mm-hmm. and and cause all kinds of division yep in an otherwise I mean, there, there's no need for this. And who loves division more than Satan? Exactly. Right. Well, to go back to my uh, the emails that I read today, which is so interesting, Church Militant came out with this secret email that was released in 2002. It's 12 pages written by psychologists that had studied priests, seminarians, bishops, religious, all over the world, for the past 25 years. So we're talking from 1977 on. And they put this email out to the USCCB and said, we need to discuss these issues. And they went down each and every one of these issues that we have just talked about. And it's, 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 we're not born that way. They went through study after study of these children that had been abused, had, had, uh, you know, transgender ideas or whatever. And they went through each one of them. And the studies were unbelievable. They said it was all because of, um, you know, uh, effeminacy, you know, that they were, they were, they weren't sports related because they were too effeminate and stuff. And they went through each one of these things. And they took these kids and put them through these studies, matching them up with 
with uh, male figures that actually would trans transform them into male figures and take them away from their identity that was caused from all this other influences outside their life. So, and so you're saying male mentors that would help them ma- tr- become, become true, true adult men. men. Exactly. Okay. And they went through all this stuff with seminarians, priests, all this stuff. 12 pages of, of an email that was sent out and nobody wanted, you know, we weren't supposed to see this. But it's out there on Church Militant and it's, it's unbelievable. Exactly what everything that we're talking about today with the church, with with transgenderism, with you know, gay gay rights, all this stuff was brought out twenty years ago, mm. and so the Catholic bishops the- have blindsided everything that was in that email. They have just said we're not going to talk about it. We don't want to hear about it. This is our agenda, and it's it's so sick to hear what is. So they haven't acknowledge the email privately no, or they, publicly it's they not been basically a part of the have conference. said no no comments we're not going to acknowledge this and it's everything that we have just talked about this evening so far it's so sad well without a doubt the reason the trajectory that you're talking about tom has happened is because the bishops have been silent, silent like you're on, talking about mark silence is deadly from mm-hmm. the bishops mm-hmm. it, deadly to our bodies but more importantly to deadly souls. to our souls the souls that are lost well, that's just another uh, story and anecdote about where we're at in the mm-hmm. 20th and now 21st century mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. what's going on. Mm-hmm. At, at a certain point, we've got to just, I, we, we've got to stop with, I can't, the, the response of, I can't believe this. I, I think you've got to believe this mm-hmm. because it, it's going on all over and it and it has serious implications. I think some listeners and readers of the news magazine, The Bellowing Ox, sometimes wonder what you're going. These issues are important, not to throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, we're really losing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, to what end? To be educated, to hold yourselves accountable, to understand what God wants in our lives, and to hold others laity and clergy alike accountable yeah. for what's going on yeah you know when you're in a battle you got to know the lay of the land you got to know the lay of the land if you're in a battle and this is part of the lay of the land but what we have to be careful is to not fall into despair which i can easily fall into despair when i look around and see all of the junk all the stuff that's happened and the silence that has happened so Instead of falling into despair, you go, okay, what does God want me to do here and now? And I think that's a very important aspect because it is easy for us to look to leaders, Mm -hmm. ecclesiastical leaders, governmental leaders, business leaders. If you're looking for heroes, you're not going to find any among those. Nope. And you begin looking in the mirror or looking interiorly to say what is it that god wants me to do what what is my role in this and you've got to step up you've got to step up i was telling you about this go ahead this is one of our 
Colleen and I have another favorite book. We do. The Catholic Faith book. But this this was on the promise of the Redeemer. I think you and I talked last week, Colleen. And so the the Redeemer was the promise of God the Father to Adam and Eve. And there there's some great question and answer formats here, but this open question and I think all of us at one time or another asked this question. Why did God the Father wait thousands of years before he sent the Redeemer as promised to Adam and Eve? Why did he wait thousands of years until, and this is poignant, pertinent right now. Mm -hmm. We're in Advent. We're Mm -hmm. anticipating the Redeemer on Christmas. We're waiting. So the answer is God wished men to realize the enormity of their sin. Mm. Think about that. So between the, the garden, the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, and the time when John the Baptist began preparing the way of the Lord, some say four, it's the front page article in The Bellowing Ox, Colleen, four, five, six thousand years. Mm-hmm. God wished men to realize the enormity of their sins. God wished men to see how low they could sink without his help. He wanted the world to prepare for the Redeemer. Men became so wicked that God destroyed all in the deluge except for Noah and his family. God permitted men to sink into deep misery so that they might be roused to a longing for the promise of the Savior. When the Savior at last came, all nations were sunk in idolatry and wickedness, except the Jews, and even among the Jews there was a continuous dissension and sin. Hmm. And I believe, after reading that, especially when you sit before the Blessed Sacrament, I think God's talking to us. Mm-hmm. I think there is a parallel in the 21st century that God is allowing us, the entire world, to sink deep into our sin to see just how far we can go before we realize we can't do it. Mm-hmm. We can't do it alone. We can't, right. We can't. We can't do it alone, and we are sinking. And some of us realize we're sinking. But on a whole, I don't think society's even thinking that they're in quicksand or a sea or whatever the analogy is. Well, you, there was a, and I, I wish I could go back and record this, or this recording that I heard the other day. CNN had this guy on. It was early morning show that I, I, I was flipping the channels, and, the, and they were talking about religion. And this guy was supposedly a philosopher in religion. And he was nothing but an atheist talking about do you think God would really pit us against all the Jews? Do you think this whole thing with Moses is nothing but a myth? You know, And he went through this whole scenario of mm-hmm. things that if you didn't have a deep faith, you mm-hmm. would think, well, this guy knows what he's talking about because mm-hmm. he's a philosopher in religion mm-hmm. or whatever he was, a philosopher in non-religion. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was so interesting that they had this thing on. And this guy was, I mean, he... He spewed falsehoods from the very beginning of the show to the end. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, 
Well, this is so the... how many people are listening to this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. saying, yeah. "Well, this is the parable of the sower who yeah. walked through right. and threw his seeds out." Yeah, it's what uh, Father Mark down oh, yeah. south in Louisiana <laughs> talked about. How many yeah. will be saved? Yeah. One in four. Yeah, one in four. You threw the seed off to the side, and the birds ate it. You threw the seed here, and the rocks got it, and it yeah. went for a while, and then it died. And then you threw the seed here, and, and it was weeds. choked, it, choked it, it, in the thorns and yep. the weeds. But yeah. The seed fell on good soil, and it took root and grew well and, and multiplied 10 and 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is our message, folks, as you're listening. God made you for three reasons, three and a half reasons, to know, know him, him, to, to love, love him, him and to serve him, him in this world, yeah. and be happy with him forever in the next world. Mm-hmm. You don't get a bypass saying my senator voted for the wrong legislation or right. my nope. bishop yeah. was absent during the turmoil. Yeah. You don't get a chance. And nope. by the way, you don't get a chance when the priest tells you in confession it's really not a sin when it is in fact a sin. sin. doesn't absolve you what's going on. That's a bad, bad defense. Yep. You're listening to The Chatter. This is episode 69. We'll be back with segment three right after this. You're listening to The Chatter. This is episode 69 on FM 98.3 KCRD. Don't forget you're on the mobile app. Either either store. Keyword KCRD. That's right. And today is December 5th. And so everyone who is going through the consecration is about to wrap up in a couple days and so by, celebrate their feast on the Immaculate Conception. By Thursday. your hearing, you will have uh, finished the consecration. That's right. That's right. So feast day coming this week. Love the Immaculate yep. Conception, and then Juan Diego, and then Guadalupe. And yeah, and you know the Immaculate Conception. I sure, I'm sure both you guys know this. Is the patron of our country. Yes. Mary, under her title, the right. Immaculate Conception. Very much. So Americans have an especial reason to love the feast of the Immaculate Conception. Pray, pray, pray. We're still in the penitential season of Advent. We are. It is penance. Everyone should be wearing purple. You yeah. wear purple to church during Advent? Uh, you know, I'm not a color-coordinated <laughs> congregationalist. Okay, there are people out there, yeah. myself included, yeah. that try to wear the color. You know, on Pentecost, re- wear red. On Christmas, wear white. I've never been convicted of being a slave to fashion. <laughs> well, I don't know how He's fashionable innocent. I am. He's but... innocent. Well, the anniversary of Jeremy's death is January 9th, or December 9th, which is the oh. Feast of uh, oh, God. Oh, bless him. Yeah, Our Lady yeah. Of Eternal so. rest grant unto him, O Lord, yeah. and let, let perpetual light shine upon him. him. So 14 years this year. 14 God years. God bless him. Yeah. So. Wow. It's tough losing a child. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep, it is. And I know there's so many of us out there, so many people who have lost a, a child, and I want to remember in a special way of a long-time friend of mine, Guy Gard has lost his his namesake, Guy Jr. And we remember him in, in prayer. Eternal rest grant unto, unto him, him, O Lord, and, and let perpetual light shine upon him. him. May his soul and all the and souls soul. of the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest, rest in, in peace. peace. Amen. I know there's so many listeners out there, we wish we could recognize 
all of the souls that have passed on, and we're, we're not slighting them. We'll remember them. But mm-hmm. every now and again, there's a... But there's sometimes there's just those special ones that happen, and Guy Jr., um, I'll just share, I was his first grade CCD teacher, mm-hmm. and he was such a nice kid. All the other kids liked him. He was just one of those kids that got along mm-hmm. with everyone, always seemed to have a smile on his face. He was really one of the most pleasant students um, that I ever had in CCD, and uh, I had him in first grade. Well, when it was second grade, and he was preparing for First Holy Communion, and of course, then they also prepare for First Confession. And they were talking about, you know, you have to go in there and you say your sins to the priest. And Guy Jr. looked at his mom, Kelly, and he said, do I have to use the microphone? <laughs> I thought that was a great story. So oh, whenever uh, I think of Guy Jr., I think of that story. Oh, we saved the microphone kid. for Mark. Yeah, spill your, you, spill your guts, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Father, can you turn that off? It's, it's <laughs> broadcasting through the church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good oh. kid. So prayers for the guard family for sure. And we might as well plug this because there's always about a seven and ten day between recording and airing. We just finish the consecration on the December 8th. Mm-hmm. We're right back at it. Right back at it. December 31st. What a way to start New Year's the, Eve. Bring the new year in. Yep. Which culminates on February second, I mm-hmm. believe. The yep. presentation, Candlemas, is mm-hmm. that? The you know, way February second is kind of like a triple. You know, it's Candlemas. It's it, the presentation. It's it, the purification. They call that a hat trick. Is that called a hat trick? Yeah. yeah. Down at the casino, or where is that called? It's a hat hockey, trick? isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hockey, a hat trick. Okay. No, casino, cathedral. I'm, or I'm at sure. the casino, it's a yeah. trifecta. Yeah, exactly. Oh, trifecta. Okay. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Which dog are you betting on? <laughs> So. so anyway, get ready for the next consecration. I We're getting a lot of momentum, and thankfully we've got a decent supply of consecration books back in here, so if you need one, probably a lot of people don't know what we're talking about. There's a beautiful few hundred-page book. It's a half-page half, half page book, is that right? Leather mm-hmm. cover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leatherite cover. Mm-hmm. And they're beautiful. Yeah. You need to get one. You need to get one. I don't know if people still talk about New Year's Eve resolutions or New Year's resolutions, but the next consecration starts on the 31st, and that would be a great resolution um, for people to make. Start the year off consecrating 2023 to Our Lady. Because hmm. we don't know what 2023 is going to bring. Well, we don't know how long any of us live. Yeah, exactly. Well, we yeah. don't. One thing for certain, all of us that are listening to this show right now, <laughs> one of us is going to be the next one to die. Yeah, One of us will be, yeah. right? Yeah. And in 2023, many of, uh, well, you guys know, and many of our you know listeners and friends know, Bill will hopefully be getting a kidney transplant. So we just don't know what's going to happen in 2023. Maybe there's people listening right now who are also going to need a transplant, and well, they don't even know it right now. Bill didn't know it a year ago. He didn't know it a year ago. So yeah. we don't know what 2023 holds for us. So what a perfect way to usher the year in um, by consecrating it to Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Who's got some good news? Well, one some medium that, news. One of, one of the things I want to bring up is what we pray for every uh, Wednesday at the ch- chapel when we do the Mass is for all the souls that have walked away from their faith, mm-hmm. especially those of our family members. Mm-hmm. 
we just ask the Holy Spirit to bring them back into the faith yeah. through our prayers or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But So maybe but, when you do the consecration, maybe you could do it for on behalf of your family members who have left the faith. And to Mary, you take care of it. Yeah. Right? Well, you that's, take care that's of that it. line out of the surrender, mm-hmm. Sophia, yeah. isn't yeah. it, Mark? Mm-hmm. How does that go? Jesus, mm-hmm. you're in charge. Yep. Take mm-hmm. care of everything. Yep. I'm paraphrasing. but yeah, But... Well, I listened, you know, uh, yesterday on the Terry and Jesse show, they were talking about the uh, loss of faith over, over in like, I think it was in the Netherlands. Pretty sure it was, they were talking about that. Only two, the bishops came out with this letter and said only 2% of the Catholics even attend the Catholic Mass anymore. I mean, 2%. Mm. Think about where they came from. Mm-hmm. Years and years ago, I mean, where the faith was so deep in Europe and Mm-hmm. Ireland, and, you know, all over, yeah. Great Britain, everything. And, you know, how they have just walked away from mm. it. And that's what Father Casey spoke about at the conference this year, the great mm-hmm. apostasy. Yeah, and how do you bring your loved ones back? And I don't know about you guys, but there's no more powerful a person than our Blessed Mother to entrust him to, and she'll, uh, she'll bring him back. We may not see it, but we have to trust. We have to trust that. Well, we didn't think we'd see the fall of the Berlin Wall. We didn't think we'd see the fall of Roe v. Wade. We didn't see uh, a, a lot of things. Prayer is very powerful. We mm-hmm. need to have the the virtue of hope, the sur- supernatural virtue of hope, mm-hmm. faith, mm-hmm. Tom, you've talked charity. so often about prayer and fasting is mm. so powerful. Well, Colleen's been doing that. We've got uh, still these Fridays in Advent, our great fasting and prayer days, abstinence days. Um, the Ember Days are coming up next week. Yep. The 14th, yeah. where's my calendar? Yeah, 14th, Wednesday, 17th, and 18th. Friday, Saturday, yep. Yep. You know, speaking of fasting, some of you, I think, have um, listened to that interview that uh, John Henry Weston did with, I can't remember, was the guy's name Drew Mason? I can't remember the guy's yes. name. He made the most interesting point and it was about the evil that's running rampant today and, and our ability to fight that evil and what is our best weapon against that evil. And he said before 1960, the, the Bibles that we used included the importance of prayer and fasting. In Mark chapter 9, when the apostles go out and they are casting out demons left and right and then they come across a demon they can't cast out, and Jesus has to do it. And they say to him later, how come we couldn't do it? And he said, some demons can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. And a similar story is told in Matthew um, 17, I believe, Matthew chapter 17. Well, after 1960, somehow those verses about fasting were removed from the Bibles. And I thought, no, that can't be right. I pulled my Bible off the off the shelf and the, um, the version that I pulled is the one that we hear in Mass, the NAB, right? New American, New American Bible. Bible. Sure enough, if you go and look at Mark 9, um, it, I believe in Mark 9, it just says some demons can only be cast out by prayer. And it leaves the fasting part out. And then if you read the Matthew 17, verse 21 is where he says some demons can only be thrown out by prayer and fasting and that verse just isn't even in there it goes from verse 20 to verse 22 wow 
So isn't that what we were just talking about earlier about the state of the world and, you know, the silence of the bishops and what can we do? Um, talk about the importance of fasting because we're in a spiritual battle. Our enemies are not the politicians or the whoever. It's a spiritual battle. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, don't, don't bury the headline. They did scrub the verse out of the New American Bible, but where is it still remaining? Dewey Reigns? Is that? Oh, the Dewey Reigns still has it. And where can you find the we Dewey Reigns? We have some copies of the Dewey Reigns, don't we? Do you really? We bought. Okay. They're over there, Mark. I don't know if it's open. If you, um, We bought a couple of boxes of them because this very item is, is coming up. And it's no coincidence that in the last 45 days, we're running into Catholics that are saying, I don't see this translation. What are you talking about? I'm listening to the chatter, and you're quoting something, and my Bible doesn't say that. And mm-hmm. the first thing you think is they have the King James Bible. No, mm-hmm. they have yeah, a New, New American, American Bible. The, the, yeah. the, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But if you read the original text, the Dewey Rames Bible is the only Bible the church holds to be without error. Mm. And it's not and it is. And that's why without it is error. important to have it even if you don't do your daily readings from it, if you you can reference it and look it up and see what does the Dewey Rames version say versus the NAB. Well, I make a prediction, you pick it up it will become your daily Bible. Well, and it well, may. and that's I've I've learned that just from being in the Bible study. How you guys talk about different things. I'm looking in my Bible and I'm going like, I'm not seeing this. Well, yeah, here. but you have all those colored pictures. Yeah, I know I do. I, you know, I, you know, it's a coloring <laughs> the book. Children's you know. Bible. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyhow, I thought about that. One of these day. Bibles has your name on it, Mark Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm buying one tonight because I'll tell you what. After being in the Bible study group and learning what I've learned just in the short time I've been there, I I don't know much about. Well, we've had a couple of people. Yeah. It's tough to run into Catholics that are older than I am, but there, but there are a few. And the guy says, I'm a Catholic, and Tom, I should have a Bible, but, well, he's getting one. He doesn't know he's getting one, but he, it's going to get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you, but, it's, but it's interesting what we just talked about, though, is how they have changed or watered down mm-hmm. what's in the Bible versus what really was said in the Bible, you know, and stuff. and. Well, and the thing that I thought of, too, was remember then, if that's what was said before 1960 in those Bibles, remember the other thing that happened in the late 60s was they said, you don't have to fast on Fridays, or abstain, I should say, technically. Mm -hmm. You don't have to abstain from meat. You can do some other penance. Well, Well, again, being the oldest guy in the room. I don't think so. Well, yeah, but you've got memory lapses, so you don't count, Mark. You can't remember that part. You're right. But when I was a little lad, you fasted from midnight. Mm-hmm. And then... Before communion. Before, before communion. communion. Yep. And, and, uh, and then it was reduced to three, three hours, hours before. Yeah. Now it's only an hour, hour before communion, not before mass. Right. And I still see guys doing bubble gum. Uh, going yeah. up the aisle. Yeah. Well, they don't even know they're supposed to fast. They don't even know. Don't know what's going on. Never heard it. Yeah. So I think these are the little things that are necessary. Dare we say they're necessary to bring a discipline to understanding the uh, body, blood, soul, and divinity of they, Christ absolutely. In, in the sacrament? Absolutely. They're necessary. And they're necessary to fight the stuff that we've been talking about this whole show. Um, prayer and fasting and if those demons have been entrenched in our society in our politics everywhere and if all that can 
you know, cast them out as prayer and fasting. Well, we need to be praying and fasting. And I think most of us, uh, maybe I should speak for myself, we have a pretty soft life, right? We don't think really much ever to fast. Heck, our, my sleep number bed might be off a number, right? I mean, we're all about comfort. The Duchess of Alta Vista. Right, <laughs> right. We're all about comfort. We don't ever think about fasting, but it's just the middle of Advent. If you are listening to this, I'm challenging you, fast for the rest of Advent. And the best way to fast is on Wednesday and Friday and on bread and water. Now that's the standard, okay? Mm-hmm. We have fallen so far from it. What I'm going to say is do the best you can because I think you have to be heroic to go back to bread and water on Wednesday and Friday. I'm saying if you can give up desserts for the rest of Advent and fast from des- fast from something and that will get the ball rolling. I'm going to go further and, and do two, two thoughts here. One, it begins with a decision. Fasting is difficult. Fasting is very difficult, mm-hmm. but it begins with a decision. And if you're only going to make the decision for the month of December, I think you've missed the point. Fasting needs to be a life-changing. I mean, we didn't. We didn't get into the way this society, this world is, just because last Advent, 2021, we didn't fast. There's too many things going on that need to be uh, repaired. There needs to be reparation for what's going on. There does. And so some people, and maybe I should speak for myself, try to say, I can't do that. It's too much for me. It's too big to do. I'm just not going to do anything. So do something in Advent. Start learning to fast. Give up meat on Fridays year round. And and Lent is like, or Advent is like a, a little Lent. Yeah. So when yeah. Lent comes up in a couple months, you're going to be ready to do a bigger fast. And I think this is my message. Use Advent as a training ground for the body that says mind over matter we're going to have some self-denial, but don't stop when Christmas is over. Now, that doesn't mean you can't eat the big goose on Christmas. you got to celebrate the feast. Feast when there's feast days, fast right. when there's mm-hmm. not feast days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the ember days are this month, and those are days of fasting. So you know, do what you can, but do something. And if you're not able to do a Wednesday, Friday bread and water fast, do something because that's how that's how any bodybuilders build up they start small that's how you learn a skill you start small but you keep going and you keep persevering and you build on that so i'm going to plug uh, uh, panera in here because last year when i went into my prayer and fasting thing i thought bread and water okay i'm going to run down to panera's and get one of their loaves of bread there you go it doesn't (laughs) have to be stale stale bread right it was was really good (laughs) have a kentucky fried chicken biscuit whatever it is big apple bagel whatever it is well he gets an a for effort (laughs) he gets a marginal error for (laughs) yeah Yeah. for trying for trying trying yeah just for trying well believe it or not we've blown through three segments of episode 69 this is the chatter on fm 98.3 kcrd and it lives forever in the kcrd app store and you want to download that app Colleen, it's lives been like forever, it, it's good been, or bad, exactly. lives forever. In the name, name of the, the Father, Father and the Son. Son and the Holy Spirit. Glory be. To, to the, the Father and to the Son and to the, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For Mark Hager and Colleen Pasnick, I'm Tom Oglesby. See you next week. We love you.